Anybody have a question you'd like to ask? No questions? Okay. Um, All right, so go to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. And uh, we've been looking, kind of going through this topic of uh, the law. And, uh, of course, we see in Exodus chapter 20, this is what we would refer to as the Ten Commandments. And uh, from verses 1... Um, all the way down to verse number 17, we have uh, the Ten Commandments. And we've been discussing about um, if the Ten Commandments or God's law wasn't given until Exodus chapter 20, then how was, how was man able to be judged before, before this if there was no law? And we've been kind of looking and discussing that... Um, uh, there are cer- certain parts of what we would call the law of Moses. Uh, you have the ceremonial laws, uh, you have the moral laws, um, you have um, the uh, sacrificial laws, things like this. Um, and of course, there were certain ones that were given just to um, just to Israel. Um, but we've been note- we've been seeing that some of these. Uh, sp- sp- Speaking of the the, um, the moral laws, the laws of God that were given even before uh, God gave them to Israel on Mount Sinai, and uh, we've seen two of them. We've looked. We've kind of taken time to look at two of them. We've seen the sixth commandment about um, not murdering. Right. Uh, we've seen that throughout um, the book of Genesis as well. And then last week we were looking at the Sabbath day, um, how the Bible says. Uh, to keep the Sabbath, and of course we were looking last week, the Sabbath is not Sunday, the Sabbath has always been the seventh day of the week, not the first day of the week, it's the seventh day of the week, and we saw the purpose of the Sabbath, right? And uh, that was something that God instituted at creation, right? He, he created everything in six days, and then on the seventh day he rested, and he gave that um, as an institution for man that we need a day of rest. Uh, we can't just uh, work all the time without exploding, right? I mean, uh, we're going to blow up, and so we need that day of rest, okay? Uh, So we've looked at those two. Um, Did anybody find any of these other eight commandments uh, throughout the um, the Old Testament here, going back through the book of Genesis and things like that? Brother Joe? So in Genesis 27, about reading the entire story, there's a lot of law, and All right, yeah. So we have um, the uh, the commandment. I believe that is what is that the fifth commandment: honor thy father and thy mother. Right. Um, and so, if you go back to Genesis chapter twenty-seven, you have the whole uh, stolen blessing idea. Um, but in Genesis chapter twenty-eight, um, uh, Genesis chapter twenty-eight, you said it says in verse six, when Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away to Padanaram and to take him a wife from thence, and that he blessed him, he gave him a charge, saying, Thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan, and that Jacob obeyed his father and his mother and was gone to Padanaram. Right? So um, obviously you've got a um, 
like you said, we can't really go through the whole story here, but you've got really a kind of a, uh, a crazy situation where um, you have one parent that favors one child and the other parent favors the other child, right? Uh, Jacob favored Esau uh, and Rebekah favored uh, Isaac. Um, and, of course, that leads to animosity. Of course, Jacob, um, you know, even deceiving uh, Esau and things like this. Um, and so there's, there's this um, fighting, there's this, this division and things that's here between the two. Um, and, and so Jacob is told, um, basically, he needs to, to leave, go back to the home area uh, to find a wife because they didn't want him marrying a wife of that area because they just weren't, they weren't good. Um, and in the same passage there, if you notice, it says in verse number 8, And Esau, seeing that the daughters of Canaan pleased not Isaac his father, then went Esau unto Ishmael and took unto the wives which he had, uh, Maaloth, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of uh, Nabajoth, to be his wife. So you, you kind of have these two children here. One, um, that even though, you know, very unusual circumstances and things, one seems to try to honor uh, the parents and what he's doing, and one really cares nothing at all about what the parents say um, and finds out what the parents don't like and then goes ahead and does that, um, a complete dishonor of the parents. Okay? Um, so again, we find, yes, God gave to the children of Israel back in Exodus chapter 20 that we are to honor thy father and thy mother, Right, God tells us that, but that wasn't just something that God came up with there on Mount Sinai. Uh, this was something that they were. This was something that they were supposed to be doing from again from the very beginning. Okay, uh, I think we can see that even if you go back all the way to Cain and Abel. Um, what do we find with Cain and Abel? Um, not only did Cain dishonor God by bringing the wrong sacrifice, but I believe through that he also dishonored his parents. Uh, because his parents had taught him what sacrifice to bring. Okay? Now, again, we're not told. Um, again, there's, there's just some things that we're not told. Um, but we're not told that this was the first time that Cain and Abel had brought sacrifices or if they had been doing this before. We don't, we don't know how much time period was there. But we do know that Cain understood that it was wrong to bring the sacrifice that he brought. Um, and God told him it was wrong. Uh, God accepted Abel's sacrifice. And so we see Abel honoring his parents in the, the teaching that they had taught him about bringing the right sacrifice. And Abel, in honoring his parents and following their instructions, also is honoring God in that. Okay, Where Cain choose to, chooses to dishonor God, not bringing the right sacrifice, and at the same time, again, is dishonoring his, his parents. Okay? Um, Again, if you think about what he says there, it's, uh, what the command is in Exodus chapter 20. Um, he says, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Right? So think about what he's saying. God's saying you're to honor your parents. Okay? This, is, this is something that has been given to God. And so through honoring your parents, it's also honoring God at the same time. Okay? Uh, why do we tell children to obey mom and dad? Just because we're the authority? You know, just because we're mom and dad? No. We tell them that they are to obey because this is what God has said to do, right? And so by obeying, not only are we obeying God in honoring and obeying our parents, but we're also honoring God through it. 
we're being obedient to God through this commandment. Okay? Um, and so we see even before this was ever given through the book of Genesis, there are those who would honor their parents and there are those who would dishonor their parents. Right? I think I saw a hand somewhere over here. Yeah. Right, sure. Yeah. Yeah, so you see that with Cain and Abel, who were the first children, and then also through Noah, with, after the God has destroyed the family, um, there is the honor and the dishonor that is there. Um, I mean, I think you can see that, you know, you, you look at pretty much any, any family that we find throughout Scripture, I think you're going to see that honoring or dishonoring, right? Um, what about um, Jacob, you know, and his children? You know, he had 12 sons. Um, do we see honor and dishonor among the sons? I think so. Uh, Joseph wanted to honor his, his father and the things that he did. Um, for the most part, the other brothers didn't really care about honoring their father, right? Um, and so even throughout the book of Genesis, before we see uh, Exodus chapter 20, um, we see also this honoring thy father and thy mother um, that, again, these are, these are the commandments we're showing that God has written these in the hearts of men, right? Um, God has placed these in, in our heart because these are, these are not just things that God had Moses give to the children of Israel. These are things that God has given to every single person, right? Uh, every person understands these, these things, okay? It doesn't matter if you're saved. doesn't matter if you're lost. These are, these are commandments that God has written in every person's heart, okay? All right? That was good. All right. So there's there's the third one. There's honor thy father and thy mother. All right. The fifth commandment. Yeah, Corey. Uh, you're going to ask for another one? Or? Well, either way, whatever. Uh, sorry. I was thinking about the thou shalt not commit adultery in Genesis uh, 20. Uh, 3. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, thou art but a dead man. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, in Genesis chapter 20, uh, again, we're dealing with, what is that, the seventh commandment, I believe? Uh, Thou shalt not commit adultery, right? Uh, so in Genesis chapter 20, uh, you have Abimelech, uh, of course, because of Abraham's deceitfulness, right? He lies and says, you know, this is just my sister. Um, and Abimelech. Um, sees Sarah, sees that she's beautiful. He's going to take her uh, to be his wife. Um, and again, the sad thing about it is Abraham is just letting this go, right? I mean, that's the sad part about this whole story uh, is Abraham's not willing, you know, he's not willing to stand up and protect his wife in this. Uh, he's just going to be like, okay, go ahead, you know, whatever. Um, and it's actually God who intervenes there um, in verse number 3. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, thou art but a dead man for the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man's wife. Right? And Abimelech said, had not, um, uh, had not come near her. He said, Lord, wilt thou slay also a righteous nation? Said he not unto me, she is my sister, and she even herself said, He is my brother. In the integrity of mine heart and innocence of my hands have I done this. Abimelech said, I... This was not something done on purpose, which I believe is why God intervened, right? 
because Abimelech was not trying to commit adultery, right? Uh, he wasn't trying to kill Abraham and take his wife, knowing that it was his wife. Um, he thought she was single. And so uh, God intervenes and, and steps in here and says, hey, this is wrong. Um, don't do this, right? Okay, good example. Okay. Any others on the example of adultery? Do we have anything, anything else that we would find throughout Scripture? Yeah, when he took yeah he took Hagar to be his wife as well. Of course, all throughout Genesis you find, um, you know, some, several of the men taking more than one wife. Obviously, we just talked about Jacob. You know, he had uh, four wives. It's all hand over here. Yeah. Right. Right. Yep. Um, one that I found really, really interesting was in uh, Genesis chapter 39. Um, Genesis chapter 39. Um, of course, after Joseph is sold into uh, slavery, um, he is bought by Potiphar. And, of course, Potiphar sees that um, everything, basically everything that Joseph touches turns out good, right? I mean, God was just blessing Joseph. And it says, Joseph found grace in his sight, verse number 4, and he served him and he made him overseer of his house and all that he had put into his, uh, into his hand. So Joseph is basically over everything in his house, right? Um, verse 6, and he left all that he had in Joseph's hand and he knew not aught he had save the bread which he did eat. Joseph was a goodly person, well-favored. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused. Right Now watch what he says here. Right, And said unto his master, Behold, my master was not what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in his house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. So again, Joseph understood adultery was wrong. Right, And watch what he says. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? It was sin. It was wickedness, right? And, and he understood that. Again, we're talking, we're talking hundreds of years before God ever gives the law to Israel, like right? all, all of these that we're talking about. Okay? Um, this that was known sin. Okay? Whether God had to step in for Abimelech, um, you know, you have uh, Potiphar's wife here. You know, now here's the thing: um, Why did she lie? Why did she lie about Joseph? Bob, okay, that's true. She turned her down. Her pride is hurt. Yes, that's true. But why? Why did she lie about him? Okay, meaning she knew it was wrong too, 
It wasn't just Joseph that knew it was wrong. She knew it was wrong too, right? Um, again, this, this was, there, again, we, we, sometimes we get this idea, well, you know, um, they didn't have the, the Ten Commandments back then, and so, you know, they didn't know or whatever. No, no. These are things, these are laws that God had written on the hearts of men. Whether you have a righteous person like Joseph who says, hey, this is, this is wickedness, this is a sin against my God, or this, what we would say, a heathen woman, right, who doesn't really care about sinning against God, but she knew it was wrong as well. Why is she trying to hide the fact? I mean, if it was okay, why is she trying to hide it? If it's okay, why is she lying about Joseph and saying, oh, he tried to force himself on me or whatever? Why? What's the deal? Because she knew it was wrong as well, right? Um, she just didn't care. She didn't care that it was wrong, okay? Um, and so God has, again, throughout Scripture, we find that these, um, these are things that we, we can go way before God ever gave the, the commandments or whatever we would say to Israel. These are things that God has, has written in the hearts of man, and men and women know they are wrong. They know they're wrong. Okay? Um, adultery is wrong, right? Um, dishonoring parents is wrong. Okay? These are things that were very, very clear. Um, and, and we see that. that. And this is what he says. How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? He totally understood it was wrong. Right? Uh, by the way, Job knew it was wrong. Again, don't forget, Job is also included in, in this as well. Right? Sometimes we forget about Job. We just think about Genesis, right? But Job is included in this, right? Job says, I've made a covenant with mine eyes not to look upon a woman, right? Why, why did he do that? Because he knew it was wrong, right? Uh, he, he understood that. He knew it was wrong, okay? Um, so, yeah, very good. So we have adultery, um, right? That's, we've, we've seen that, right? Somebody else have another one? Yeah, Brother Dennis. Yeah, uh, the first and second commandments, it was very difficult for me to separate the two. Sure. In this example, uh, since thou shalt have no other gods before me, and thou shalt not make it, you know, any graven, graven image. Mm -hmm. I, for me, I think we go all the way back to Genesis. We can go back to the garden. We can go back to the sixth day of creation. When God starts to populate the earth with the animals, Be no other gods before us. Don't make any image. So I, I would. 
would argue that all the way from the garden, the oral law, Pat, Patty used the phrase at home when we were talking about this, the moral oral law. Mm -hmm. Or sure. written. Mm -hmm. you know, the, the law was given orally and was passed down generation after generation after generation. Did Adam and Eve know that they had been created in the image of God? I think they did. Mm -hmm. We know from the story before the fall. God walked with them in the coolness of the morning. And when they had sinned, they even tried to hide from him. So I got to believe that Adam and Eve knew how special they were, created in the image of God. Right. Mm -hmm. And that there ought not, they should never have any other God before them but God Jehovah. Sure. Now we fast forward to Mount Sinai, and Moses is on the mount, but he's there for. 40 days and 40 nights, 24-18. The irony of it is, is that while he's there and he's receiving the law right. written on the stones, mm -hmm. what are the people doing? Making an idol. The irony mm -hmm. that while he's up there, they are making a golden calf. Sure. Now, that just strikes me as odd because if, they, if man knows they're made in the image of God, why would they make a God in the image of a cow? Mm -hmm. But, yeah. So... And, and then I, I think Paul even addressed it in, in Acts. When Paul is in Athens in chapter 27, Paul stood in verse 20, Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill, and he said to the men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. For as I passed by, as he's walking through their city, behold your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the, to the unknown God. Right. Not only did they make an altar, they made an altar to the unknown God. Mm -hmm. And he talks to them about that in verse 29. I'll stop there. Verse 29. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, mm -hmm. we ought not to think that Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone or graven by art or man's device. Right. I would argue we've, we've known since Adam and Eve in the garden. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, very true. Um, Ms. Donna? As far as the, we could either say the first and second commandment, thou shalt know their gods before me. And then, of course, the second commandment, thou shalt not bow down thyself to any graven image. I think, yeah. Genesis 11, 4, when they built the tower, and they were constantly Mm-hmm, okay. In Genesis chapter 11, right, you have, uh, of course, the Tower of Babel. Um, again, not wanting to be obedient uh, to what God has said. Um, in verse number 11, the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> I 
Everybody spoke the same language, right? Uh, and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick and burn them throughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach into heaven and let us make us a name lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth, right? So think about what they're saying. God said, I want you to go throughout the whole earth, be fruitful, multiply, fill up the earth. They said, no, we don't want to do that. Uh, We're going to stay right here, and we're basically going to show how great we are, right? Um, And, of course, they build this, uh, what we refer to as the Tower of Babel, right? Uh, And then, of course, God comes down and then confounds uh, confounds the languages, okay? And uh, now... Now there's over like, I don't know, 5,000 languages in the world, something like that today. Um, over 5,000 languages, right? Anybody else on that one? How about in Genesis chapter 3? It was kind of, kind of touched on, but I, I, was, I was actually surprised that, Brother Dennis, you didn't, you didn't hit this one here. Um, you, ca- you talked about Genesis chapter 1 where God says, let us make man in our in- image. But what about Genesis chapter 3? Right? The woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that it, the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree desired to be, make one wise, she took up the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. This is the breaking of the first commandment. I love that one for you. I oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. 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 Um, this, is, this is the breaking of the first commandment. Thou shalt have no other gods before thee. Right? You say, well, I don't see a god. Um. We get this idea that gods are only images, like in verse number 2. Thou shalt not make a graven image, right? An image. A god doesn't have to be an image. Now, a god can be crafted into an image, like <laughs> Brother Dennis was saying, how they made the cow and things like that. What is the god here in this passage? Desire. What's that? Desire. Desire, okay. Herself. What's that? Herself. Herself. She has become her God. She became her God. Instead of obeying God and doing what God said, she said, I'm going to become my God. I'm going to do what I want to do. Right? Again, what is a God? When God says, thou shalt have no other gods before me, what is he saying? What's that? Okay, I'm priority, right? Bob? Anything that you put before God becomes God. Anything. What did she put before God? Herself. You you have people that say, well, I don't believe there's a God. Well, what are they saying then? They are their own God. Somebody says, well, I'm an atheist. I don't believe there's a God. Okay, then you have set yourself up to become God then. Because now you are the one who determines what is right and wrong. You are the one that decides who is 
good and who is not good. There's a problem with that. (laughs) You aren't God. You aren't the God. Now, you can set yourself up as God just like Eve did. Eve set herself up to be God. I don't care what God said. I don't care that he said, don't eat this. I'm going to do what I want to do. And she set herself up as God. Now, of course, we understand that there are all kinds of gods, right? As Brother Dennis said, the, the, the Israelites um, took all the gold and everything, and they, of course, Aaron says, I just threw it into the furnace, and it came out a calf, right? Um, you know, lo and behold. Um, but even they understood that was not a god. It was an image of a god, right? Now, what's really interesting is why did, they, why did he make a calf? Why didn't he make an owl? Why did he make a lion? Why did he make a calf? Because they had picked it up from the Egyptians. The Egyptians worshipped cattle. They just picked it up from the Oh, the Egyptians worshipped cattle. Well, we need to make an image of God. Well, they worshipped cattle, so let's make an image of our God. And they make this image of a calf, right? I mean, that was, the, that was one of the gods that the Egyptians worshipped when they were there for 400 years, right? Um, and so Eve sets herself up to be God, right? Um, what about go to Genesis chapter 35? And anybody else can f- feel free to jump in on this as well if you can think of a- another one. In Genesis chapter 35, right? God said unto Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there and make there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. Then Jacob said unto his household and to all that were with him, Put away, what? The strange gods that are among you, and be clean, and change your garments. And let us arise and go up to Bethel, and I will make there an altar unto God, who answered me in the day of my distress, and was with me in the way which I went. And they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hand, and all their earrings which were in their ears, and Jacob hid them under the oak which was by Shechem. Where'd they pick up these strange gods? Where were they? Where's Jacob coming from? He's going to Bethel. Where's he coming from? Where's he been for the last 14 years? After he honored his parents and left, he went back to where his brother or his uncle Laban was, right? And while he's there in where Laban's at, what's happening? Even there, there is there is false gods being worshipped. And when they leave, what happens? They take some of these false gods with them. Again, we're talking about these idols, right? And finally, when God says, hey, Jacob, you, you, need to, you need to get rid of these false gods and you need to come to Bethel where I appeared to thee. Notice, not where these false gods appear to thee, but where I appeared to thee. 
And you need to set up an altar there as I talked with uh, Abraham and Isaac and now with you. And Jacob says, hey, you know what? We, we've, got, we've got a problem here. We've got to get rid of all these strange gods. We've got to get rid of all these false gods because these things aren't right. Right? And what do they do? Notice with Abraham, with Isaac, Jacob, all throughout Scripture, God never has man set up an, if you would say, an image to resemble God. You know what he does have them set up? Hmm? An altar. An altar of sacrifice. Right? Never an image. There's never an image. But there's an altar. And this is what he says. Um, uh, and make there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. There is an altar of sacrifice. There is an altar of offering back to God. Never an image. Right? Um, and that's why, again, God says we're not to worship any other God. Right? Uh, we're not to have any other God other than him. And then also he says that we're not to make an image of any other God. Right? We don't make images of God. Um, I, I mean, I, I, can, I understand what, you know, what people do and things like this, you know, if they're um, putting a picture or making a movie or something like this. But, um, you know, what do they do? They, they have Jesus, and even you'll see many times on crucifixes and things like this, Jesus is on the cross. Well, one, big problem with that, Jesus is not on the cross. He died, he was buried, and he rose again. He's not dead. He's alive, right? Um, but even, even with Jesus himself, Jesus is God, right? And we need to even be careful about making images, right? Um, again, we've, we've got to be careful because God says, look, we, we don't want any, no other gods before me, okay? No other gods, right? Um, I'll just kind of let you in on, on something. And pl please don't, <laughs> don't, don't go out here thinking that, you know, um, I hate Christianity or anything like that. That's, that's not at all what I, I'm saying here, right? Um, but I, I'm even very careful about um, crosses, right? I'm not a big fan of crosses, personally. Why? Why are we concerned about the cross? Shouldn't we be concerned about the person that was on the cross? Why is the attention drawn to the cross? Now, I understand Jesus had to die on the cross. That's, I, I get that. I'm not saying that that's not important. But we can almost emphasize the cross more than we can the person. And when we start emphasizing an object more than the individual, what have we done? We have now placed an idol because we're more concerned about that object than we are the person. Again, don't go out here and say, I hate crosses, right? And oh, it's not in this one, but in our, in our logo. I thought it was this, our logo was up here. This is our yearly theme. In our logo, there, in the leaf, there's a cross, right? And, and you know, I, we're going to probably put a cross, you know, out on the uh, outside or something like this. But I, we try to be very, very careful because we don't want... We don't want to, to look more at an object than, than the person, okay? Um, and, and that's why, again, we can say, well, there's nothing wrong with having a cross. And look, please, if you have a cross in your home, don't go down. Don't go today and tear it down and be like, pastors against crosses. We've got to get rid of them all. That's, that's not what I'm saying. 
I'm just saying we, we've got to be very careful that we don't emphasize an object more than we do Jesus Christ. He's the one we need to emphasize, right? Do you understand what I'm saying here? You understand? Um, you know, the, and I know even some of our songs, you know, talk about the cross, and I get that, but it's talking about what he did on the cross and, and who it was, not... Look, the cross, can I tell you? The cross has no power. It's a piece of wood. Who was on the cross has the power. You understand what I'm saying, right? And so we, we've got to be careful. You know, even, you know, we can, we can just do things for so long and just, it's so tradition that it's just, it's just how it is and not even realize that we almost emphasize an object more than we do the person. You want to say something? Case in point, the serpent that was on the pole. Right. It was there for a purpose, used for a purpose by mm-hmm. God, but they began to worship right. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what he's talking about is in, in the book of um, Exodus, when the fiery serpents come in and start biting everybody, what does God tell Moses to do? He says to make a brass serpent, put it on a pole, and lift it up in the middle of the camp. Anybody who looks at the pole will be healed. Right? Well, they did that. Well, what happened? And, and I, I think I actually, I've preached a message about this before, um, when, when good things become idols, right? Instead of it just being for that day, you know what the children of Israel did? They turned that into a God. And that's why you'll find several hundred years later, they still had that pole with a brass serpent on it until finally God says, destroy it destroy it right because they had made an idol out of it they had made that as an idol okay now was it a good thing sure absolutely right but it wasn't supposed to be an idol okay are cows good absolutely right cows are good things you know they give milk you can turn into butter they give steak you know all these type of things but do we are we supposed to worship them no right um, Brother Corey? Were there people there that could have been construed as gods at this time? And the only reason I ask that is the serpent is the devil, right? Mm-hmm. And he says, For God doth know that in those days ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, little g, not mm-hmm. Genesis chapter 6. The sons of God and the daughters of men. Um, when you come to Genesis chapter 6, yes. You know, even like with the Philistines, Goliath was treated like a god. And anyone that had power, right? Even kings were treated like gods, right? What happened to Nebuchadnezzar? He lifted himself up and basically said, I am God. And God said, no, you're not. And what did he do? He struck him down. Didn't kill him, but made him like an animal until he recognized that he was not a god. 
right? What happened to Herod? In, in Acts chapter, was it chapter 5, chapter 6, something like that, maybe it is. Um, Herod lifts himself up as God, and God kills him. Boom. Yeah, yeah, I would say, you know, there are no, when we're talking about real God, there is, there's only one, right? But, and this is why he says, thou shalt have no other gods before me, right? Because anything that we put before him becomes a little g God, right? Um, so again, that, that's money. That can be a job. That can be family, children. You know, if we're saying, you know, hey, you know, I'm going to put my family before God, then your family becomes your God, little g God, right? Um, and so it's not just images of cows and snakes and things like that that people make that become gods or the sun or the moon or the river or whatever. Um, but anything that we begin to put at before God, before the creator God, becomes a God to us because we're saying that's more important to us than God himself. Um, and there, there is only one God. There's only one creator of the universe, right? Ms. Essie, real quick. Yeah, that's very good. That's that's very very good thought there. That just as these were meant for a purpose, but what have these become to many religions? These have become gods. The Ten Commandments have become the gods. That's that's very good. All right, let's have a word of prayer. Father, we do thank you for this day. Uh, Lord, we ask you just bless and the service to follow. Lord, we just thank you for your word as we just continue to read it and study it. Uh, Lord, just help us glean from it and learn from it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.